Oh, what's in the box? I'm sorry about what happened with the box. Oh, I feel sorry for the pig. I had a, a pet pig called Lenny. Oh, it wasn't him. He's safely at a hobby farm. Okay. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's. Hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate and Bea. Let's get the neighbors. Hi, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. And we have a little step through a recent Neighbors episode that has taken our fancy on the Aussie soap. I am Vaya Pashos. I'm in the PirateNet studios, actually mobile PirateNet today. I'm in the Dive Motel, uh, the wellness centre, if you will. Uh, what is it called now? The Flame Tree. And I'm here with return guest Rebecca Shaw, better known as internet celebrity Brockle Snitch. Beck, hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. Uh, that's just her door's getting fixed at the Dive Motel. I think that's Steph. We're having an incident at my fancy hotel. <laughs> I don't even know who works here these days. I think it's still in operation. Steph Scully runs it remotely from Sydney. <laughs> who, who's she got, do you reckon? I don't know, but I thought there was a problem with my room key, but it was the room door itself <laughs> so there's a huge operation underway it's not unlike what would happen at the flame tree just mm-hmm. patrons would come back to their room and steph's change the locks <laughs> did she end up being a lesbian bye she's bi. Okay, right she had a great little romance with victoria who was a fertility counselor right but then she ended up in a relationship with mark the cop uh-huh. that went to shit right. and i don't she was not end game with anyone no well, that's me alone here in this hotel <laughs> with a broken door. No one can get in or out. And how are your rankings these days in terms of Australia's favourite lesbian? Oh, look, it's an endless struggle. <laughs> I feel like my thing used to be that I made up a um, rivalry with Ruby Rose, but now I realise no one really likes her. <laughs> She's definitely still beating me. Like she dated a Veronica, yeah. so, you know, but no one actually thinks she's cool, so... So you win? No, there's still Hannah Gadsby and Magda. So maybe fourth? No, no. (laughs) Sally Rugg exists. She caught herself Australia's ninth favourite lesbian (laughs) recently. So I'm below there somewhere. (laughs) Seven. Seven? Mm, I don't know about that. Okay, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Comment. (laughs) Slide into my DMs. (laughs) And rank (laughs) Beck in terms of her sexuality. (laughs) This is a treat we're waiting for anyway, – anyway, while we wait for Steph Scully to come back with the master key, <laughs> we'll jump into some Neighbours mm. Council business. We don't have CJ and Kate today. CJ started a new job, so she's just in Hecticsville. Kate's away. And also shout out to Kate because one of her beautiful cats is no longer with us. Oh, no. And that's just rough, man. And having a gorgeous cat on the internet is just rough for everyone involved. Yes. Because it's got a lot of fans. Yeah. So – when, Tippy, when my cat Tippy died, I got more comments than any of my own personal posts. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in hospital. And they're like, all right. And I'm like, Tippy died. And they're like, the whole internet was sad. <laughs> morning. So if you see Kate, give us some love. Give us some love emojis and some humorous gifts. Uh, of, Not of cats. Of side eyes or Stephen Dennis or something. And catch up with those guys down the line. We have, I've been jacking up the Patreon, the Neighbours Pod Patreon putting some new bells and whistles in there, including if you've got the Patreon app, there's a lens feature, which is just Insta stories. Beck and I just posted a video. Any patron, even at Dr. Carl level, which is the cheapest, obviously, can view those videos, but they disappear. So jump on the Patreon app to see them. And new patrons to shout out. It does feel like we're in a horror movie (laughs) because (laughs) something about a hotel room that the door doesn't work. I don't know. And it's not just that. Like the key's not working. The battery pack for the key mechanism is frozen. Mm. Just, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> and there's a weird spa bath in the corner. On a stage. <laughs> <laughs> and a weird curtain above it. And there's, a ho- there's like a hole underneath it, like on the side. I don't know. It's I'm really um, moving up in the world. Anyway, so if you do hear some tinkering in the background, we, we don't know. We'll be fine. Got to do some shout outs. Brand new patrons to the Neighbours Pod fam, David N and Selena. Welcome, gang. Appreciate your patronage. You all have access to those lens videos. And I just uploaded last week a Neighbite with 
Sarah Jones from the Art of Neighbours group. We were analysing Piper Willis's exit from the show, which was a, an extreme disappointment, I'm sure you can imagine. I have decided that I'm going to try and gear up to get 50 patrons. And one of my big goals, I think, is going to be if I can get 50 patrons for us, I'm going to consider putting this show back to weekly, like mm. weekly Neighbours. Mm. If... You can't support us on Patreon. That's totally fine. You can do free things like subscribe to this show or leave us a review or share the link to the episode with a mate because those are cool, nice things. Or just join the Neighbours Council on Facebook and have chats with us. If you join the Neighbours Council, I'll ask you a question on entry. Sarah answered it. She said she listens to podcasts in bed when I should be working or whilst walking to collect the children from school. Lily listens on the road. I just love how chill that is. Just out on the open <laughs> when <she's> road. cruising. <laughs> so another item of Neighbours Council business, Night Terrace is a radio drama that's coming to BBC Radio 4 Extra. It stars Jackie Woodburn as a time-travelling doctor. She's heaven. 21st of April, that drops on BBC. So follow Night Terrace on Twitter and follow me because I'm going to be hosting an after show called On the Terrace about that episode and the remaining episodes. Hashtag on the terrace, follow Night Terrace. We want to know what you think of the episodes when they drop. Give us questions for the creators and we'll answer them and get some chats going because I think all our UK listeners in particular will enjoy that. Our final na- item of Neighbours Council business is, Beck. Mm-hmm. your podcast is back. Bring a it plate. Is. Yes. It's, yep. Bring back. a plate. <laughs> J'adore, bring a plate. It's very humorous. But the episode you've come back with first really tickled me. It was about the Sydney Olympics Mm -hmm. because you're focusing on a different topic each episode. Yeah. So we used to do more topical stuff, but now we're just, we've got a random list of shit that we're just going to do. You'll never know what it's going to be. Last, the first episode was Sydney Olympics and we just talked about our um, experiences around that. Which were quintessential for the Aussie teenager living Mm -hmm. through that event. Mm -hmm. It was quite an interesting few weeks of our lives Mm. I was in the final year of high school Mm -hmm. and I remember like instead of studying I'm like well I have to watch the rowing (laughs) like you would just suddenly get fixated on specific sports well we talk about the walking which I think is the dumbest thing alive but I got so into it was heartbroken by the results yeah it's bring a plate with Peter and Beck and the most recent episode we delve into the Sandra Bullock movie The Net from 1995. Yes, and I haven't I hadn't watched The Net since probably 95. Oh no, yeah. But I enjoyed your discussion mm. nonetheless. So, all right, that's all the red tape out of the way. We are going to do a deep dive on episode 8078 Wednesday the 10th of April 2019. Beck, last time you were on this podcast, mm-hmm. what was the haps on Ramsey Street? I remember it was around the time of uh, Milsey being a baddie, which I assume he has been since then as well. But it was the girl who was missing or ran... No, Milsey and the girl, whatever. Xanthi? Xanthi, yes. That that was all that business. He was like pretending to groom her, which is... He wasn't actually grooming her. He was pretending. That's, sounds fake. But, okay. <laughs> to make her think she loved him so yes. that he could coerce her to like mess, like do some espionage and sabotage. Right. And there was some... Hos- he got hurt or something? He had a... Brain tumour. Aneurysm. Some, aneurysm, yeah. So that was... That's the main thing that I remember. And... And, and, and Rolly, the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> every now and then... Every now and then the show mentions Rolly and I just tra- tweet back to give her updates on Shane Rebecca Puffer Fish's um, invention. Yeah. His great invention... Yeah. The best character on Neighbours ever, <laughs> Rolly. <laughs> the lawnmower that was powered by the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think was sentient. Mm-hmm. But since then, a couple of developments. Firstly, in Puffy's inventions, his big push was to turn – he made a generator, a urine-powered generator, <laughs> okay. which we've dubbed Puffy's piss engine. <laughs> he then decided to turn wee into water and he's, okay. the machine does it and he makes this water and it's called Tinkle. And Dippy sells it at Harold's Cafe. And the Wellness Centre sells it too, so we're probably drinking it. Is that it realistic? Studies have been done. Right. And but it's like a scientific breakthrough in Erinsborough. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> a scientific 
breakthrough that not everyone's really on board with. <laughs> like in my community lately, in there's this regional farm that's bringing back glass milk bottles uh-huh. to yep. foster sustainability and reusability. Mm. And we've all got behind that. There's a few hurdles like, oh, it's a bit annoying to go and return the bottle back mm. to certain retail outlets. But it's not as big a hurdle to overcome as do I want to drink this man's wee? <laughs> so wow. Well, well, he's really up the ante from Rolly. <laughs> Uh, but the developments with Milsey is that he, in the, oh God, where do I start? He's been made a regular character now. Yes, right. Rob Milsey Mills. Finn Kelly was on the run since he did all that bad stuff. But then he turned back up dating B, Beatrix, um, the young singer mechanic. Right. Um, but didn't tell her he was Milsey. He's like, my name is Patrick and I am your boyfriend. She's like, okay, cool. But then he was using her to, like, get revenge on the Kennedys and spy on them and stuff. But then he went on the run again and the girls all caught up to him and then Susan Kennedy pushed him off a cliff. Great. I love that. And he went into a coma for four months. I would love to be pushed off a cliff by... (laughs) (laughs) By Susan. By Susan. I would love it. (laughs) My favourite thing still is that I haven't watched since last time, but his... His aim for his devious behaviour is so small. Like last time it was to become the principal of a tiny high school and now he's like espionage to spy on the Kennedys. I'm high, I'm Ilzy. Oh, my God. I didn't even tell you the worst thing he did. Mm. He tried to pump cyanide into the vents of Erinsborough High and kill everybody during an event. How do you leave that off the list? (laughs) That's mass murder of high school. He's a chemical terrorist. Okay, so from what I gathered from this episode, he got pushed off a cliff and now has no memory. Yes. So that everyone's like, oh, okay, then you shouldn't be charged for your crimes. Yeah, because you forgot him. Yeah. But the the kicker that's really roped Susan is that his brother's on the scene who's just the most dry piece of toast I've ever okay, met. Okay, so he's the boring one that I didn't know if I was meant to understand what his role was. Yeah, he's just Millsy's brother. His brother's but something about... He should have stayed with him in Ireland or something oh, weird. God, and so... he blames himself. Sean, what's going on? It's all on me. You being here, the things that you've done. You weren't around for any of that. I was in Colombia with you. So rather than have a man being responsible for his crimes, mm. they've given him a tragic backstory mm. so that the women will fawn all over him. Mm. And one of these tragic backstories is that he went to Colombia, like backpacking when he was 19, yeah. whatever, while he was studying to be a teacher. And while he was there, I think his brother was there too, they got kidnapped mm-hmm. and the mother <laughs> mother would only mm-hmm. the mother would only pay the ransom for like one of them, for like her favourite, and she picked the dry toast brother. It's like the good son and she left Millsy to that be That is an insane story. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and so they called the mother back recently and she didn't want to see Millsy and they had to convince her to, like, pay his legal fees. Well, hang on, Steph's here. <laughs> we'll just pause this Sorry. conversation. She's just dropping off some of Gazcan's bliss balls. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that the mother obviously did the right thing because he's an evil person that should have been left in Colombia. Yeah, she had the correct reaction. So if you had given me, like, a million guesses at what those two were talking about, they were just vaguely like, I should have stayed with you and mum wants to pay for your lawyer bills. And I would never have guessed... He feels guilty because his mum would only pay the ransom for one of them when they were kidnapped in <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> she picked the least interesting kid too. Yeah, and the uglier one too. <laughs> no, he's fine. I just, I'm trying to get clear of what. So Imogen, lawyer, like a Doogie Hauser type thing. She looks about 14. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much. So Imogen, beautiful Emmy, she was a regular a few years back right. on Neighbours. She left in about first year uni. Uh-huh. And she was to rage Rebecca Omaloglu's daughter and um, right. Piper's been calling her the golden child because uh-huh. she's like smart and accomplished and go-getter, um, which I quite like that detail because my siblings and I always have fights as to who the golden child is and who the black <laughs> sheep is. And I always say, because I'm dating an Australian man, like mm-hmm. a white man, <laughs> and I say I'm the black sheep because I didn't choose a Greek man as my spouse. <laughs> 
then my sister got together with a Macedonian guy. She's like, now I'm the black <laughs> chick. And then my brother's a Ser- dating a Serbian girl. So One of you needs to end it and date a Turkish, someone from Turkey, <laughs> and then you will definitely yeah. win it. So I thought that was cute that Piper was like, oh, golden child. I thought it was cute. But Imi went away to California to join like the WrestleMania lawyers sponsored her to come over. What the fuck? What do you mean? So, <laughs> so Sheila's daughter Naomi got a job being the publicist for WWE, which yeah. is fun. That was a great out for her. Yeah. But then she's like, P.S. Imogen, they need a new legal intern. Come here with me and they will pay for you to study law and finish your degree in America. Well, wow. So she did and has come back fully qualified past the bar. <laughs> Which is the same in Australia as yeah. is in America, yeah. obviously. Ready There's to no, go. No paperwork. And obviously because Toadie practices every kind of law, she's <laughs> been filling in for him at Rebecca Law while he's on bereavement leave for his dead wife, Sonia. Right. Yes, Sonia died. So he's like taking his kids to Disneyland and mm-hmm. where he will grieve his wife. And <laughs> The best place on earth to <laughs> grieve your dead wife. Meanwhile, Imogen, like there's not much going on at Rebecca Law. So Imi's twiddling her thumb. She's mm. like, look, I'm a go-getter. I've got big dreams yeah. my dream i don't want to be some 2ic yeah. to some high flying legal eagle i'm going to get out there chase some ambulances mm-hmm. find some clients mm-hmm. steph's got some toiletries hi i'm sorry melbourne has done this to you I feel responsible whatever oh melbourne God. beck do you want to give an update steph just dropped by with an update on your room um i literally have to change rooms now <laughs> because they can't fix the door <laughs> So, <laughs> goodbye to 222. <laughs> uh, anyway. Who's I talking about? Imogen. Um, yes. Yeah, she has given her business card to the Millsy family. Mm-hmm. And first she's like, I'll do this pro bono. I'll take your case. She's intrigued because she feels that because he's an amnesiac now, he can't be charged <laughs> for his heinous crimes. I do wonder if this, like, what is the procedure here? Because you can't. Everyone would just pretend not to remember their crimes. <laughs> Which is what pe- a lot of people think this is his end game, right. that he's just pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. I don't eyes. think that's how the law works. You're like, oh, you can't remember it. Okay, don't worry about it. And then I guess that there's extenuating trauma from his Colombian ordeal. I, it, look, it doesn't fly with me, but I admire Imogen's pluck. Well, that's the thing. You think don't have, she's got this. You don't have to agree. Like, people need defence lawyers. Yeah. The system needs people to defend everyone you can't take it by a case-by-case basis which is the bit that i find strange the whole straight street is judging Immy. like how right. dare you but it's not like a vegetarian is going to a butcher saying how dare you sell <laughs> meat to these people it is a bit complicated because she knows all the people involved <laughs> and lives on the same street as them and but Mil- milsey like tried to poison her sister at one point in his escapades uh-huh yeah so she's a real career woman and just forgetting all of this and more importantly she's got her hair chemically straightened i assume in la and she's got this sleek straight look at one oh. point sporting a nice high pony right and wearing powered suits and shirts mm, and i don't i don't remember her from before but she's very She's corporating it up. She does look very young. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> should have just, put some glasses on her or something. Like age drop. But, you know, she's just a she's just smart. She's a doogie houser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, Beck, previous Beck on this podcast, Beck Dahl and I. How dare you have another <laughs> Beck on this. We rationalised that she must have done some, like, summer school units and also winter school and weekend school and also yeah you can't you can't just i assume you can't just transfer your skills it's a completely different legal system and usually you have to after you finish law don't you have to do like a year being an assistant or paralegal or something you have to do lots of things that she just skipped you can't just be 23 and a (laughs) full-fledged lawyer Mm. however what's happened is Mm. she's gone out to hermione her car opened a box and what's in the what's in the goddamn box beck (laughs) it's a Bloody pig's head. Ceramic pig's head. C- ceramic pig. So the ceramic pig story on Neighbours is usually one of the C or D plots. But this is a ceramic pig's head, which is a joke plot, but in a very serious <laughs> manner. What I've never actually heard of people leaving pig's heads for people. No, and it, I was very surprised about what came to be because it is like a serious, scary thing. 
And was it in her car? I can't remember. It was just on the bonnet. On the bo- oh, that's nothing then. You can't even put – things slide off my bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she got the box to balance on it. It actually did look like a delicious cake at first. I thought, oh, it's <laughs> nice. It was like a pig's head cake. <laughs> but, you know, it's that's her home. That's the scary part is like someone knows where she lives and has left a threatening part of an animal. I, that's the classic thing of like leaving a head is that you're going to kill them. Yeah. it's It was extremely sinister and threatening. Yeah. She's a young lawyer, first big case, and then this happens. And I liked the way she played it. Like, Ariel played it too. Like she, you got a bit of a sense of the innocence because she came in all guns blazing and then she actually did look like a scared little girl mm. when that happened and after she realised it wasn't a cake. And, um, I don't know if I would love someone leaving me a pig's head cake either. <laughs> I don't think I would eat it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Yum. So Imogen's giving her statement to Detmec, who she had a crush on, by the way, back when she was previously on the show. So I'd get a bit of a thrill if that was me. So who was he with last time Ooh, that's a hard that question. was someone i'm sure he was it's a very hard question i think last time you were here he was with Paige olympia valance right okay i knew i'd seen him before with some other person yeah he's got a revolving door right um but he's finally locked down his bride mm-hmm. however she will get to her yes. she's a hot mess I, that's a bananas storyline yeah i well, well there's pa- multiple Ooh. bananas things going on it's just a, a whole bunch of bananas <laughs> Now, we'll get to him, but he's questioning Imogen. Obviously, she's got a lot of enemies because she's amnesiac terrorist Millsy's lawyer. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of suspects. <laughs> he's like, who's out to get you? Stacks of people. Yeah. We have shots of the rest of the street trying to figure out what's going on. The Rebeccas have just moved in next door to Toadie's house. Like Toadie's brother Puffy and their family mm. have moved in while he's in California. They just did it, even though there's not enough bedrooms, but don't <laughs> worry. We'll just double, about that. double stack everybody in bunk beds. <laughs> And then we go over to the Canning House. Look, it, it becomes apparent, mm-hmm. even though she's trying to hide it, that Sheila was behind this quote-unquote prank. Sheila Canning. And at first I thought, where does one get a pig's head? Like the market? And it, he, she, fi- he finds a receipt. Yeah, she didn't try to hide it very well at all. <laughs> he finds a receipt for the butcher, the meat delivery person from the waterhole that delivers pig's heads. her like pork loin. To right. the bar, and she's just tacked on a pig's head <laughs> to the docket. <laughs> One thing I was confused by, which you will know, and whatever is, I thought that was Sheila's husband, that guy. That's her son. But that their age difference cannot be enough, surely. I don't know. I thought that was her hubby. Anyway, I haven't crunched the numbers, but right. he's certainly too old to be living with his mum. Right. <laughs> so from then on, it's like. Sheila gets busted and she doesn't know why it's a big deal, it seems like. She said, I had a brain snap and I wanted to freak her out cause, because Millsy was mean to Xanthi and there's yeah. no justice and Emmy shouldn't be profiting from this. But she was like, it's just a prank. I didn't mean anything by it. I'm like, you left a fucking pig's head in, yeah. in her car. It's not like on previous series of Neighbours where someone wrote, like you are a witch in graffiti on the driveway or something, <laughs> like really harm, harmless tame That's stuff. threatening. That's yeah. a threatening action. And if you don't know who it's from, you're like, oh, I'm going to be murdered in my home. <laughs> Today. Yeah. <laughs> when it all becomes revealed, I'll get to it in a second, but she's telling Kyle and Gary. So Kyle's back from Germany, her grandson. Uh-huh. He didn't bring his dog, his healer, beautiful bossy. Oh, that's sad. I wish I had seen that. She's heaven. You can follow her on Instagram, Anim- Animal Actors posts about bossy all the time they they weren't asked back for kyle's return wow but we know he's been in germany because he drops his german vocab (laughs) at any opportunity it's a wonder the neighbors didn't see anything it's not like you can hide a schwein cop up your jumper that's pig's head which reminds me a lot of when i got back from exchange (laughs) in france and i would just swan about like you know i'd be out with my family and like what do you want vaya i'm like <laughs> I've been to France, by the way. <laughs> and like for a while, when I, my host family would in the morning drink their hot chocolate out of big bowls, like friends, TV friends sized, huge mm-hmm. mug bowl mugs. And so every morning I'd get up and make myself a hot chocolate in a bowl <laughs> and dip my bread in it instead oh of, and goodness. not like get a baguette and dip bread in it and not have toast. And people were like, <laughs> get your hand off it. What you? <laughs> I did that for three months. <laughs> This is how my French family ate. <laughs> I'm basically French. <laughs> this is Kyle now. 
who's also now living with the Brunackers, Aaron and David, newlyweds, he's moved in to not live with his dad who's going out with his ex-girlfriend. Whatever. It's exhausting <laughs> me. Um, Thus is a pig head. <laughs> uh, there is a great moment of to Rage and Immy Rage in this episode where they do find out it's Sheila. Mm. Uh, and to Rage actually now is on side with her daughter and she's like, you know what? You're up for a challenge. I respect that. You've got my support, which was lovely to hear. But they're in the cop shop. It's all come out that Sheila's done it. Very and poorly handled by the police to be like, you come to the police <laughs> station and I'll take your stuff and then also who I think it is will come. This will work out great. I'm dumb. So, <laughs> I'm penciling you in for 2.45. Yeah, they're coming at 2.50 but hopefully we'll be done by then. <laughs> and why does he never have help? It's just you never see one police officer. That's not a thing. And they've always got a partner. Yeah, that's their whole deal. Um, well, it's because he chops and changes because he was a mechanic literally two months ago. <laughs> So. Speaking of pigs, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so they all arrive at once mm. and he tells them that it was Sheila. Are you kidding me? Here she is. Oh, I was hoping we'd be finished by the time she got here. You know what? I don't even know where to start. I thought we were friends. I thought that meant something to you. It does and I feel terrible. You were there when it happened. You saw how terrified I was and you let me believe that someone had it in for me. Yeah, I know. I'm really sorry, love. <laughs> I can't accept a simple apology. Imogen goes off chop and says, well, I'm going to make a complaint. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make a formal complaint against Sheila. And the son and grandson are like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's not serious. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it was a big threat. Yes. I think we're supposed to be on Sheila's side, but, but uh, no, I'm not. We are not. No. Te- neighbours <laughs> take the stance. <laughs> I believe in democracy and I believe in people getting a fair trial. So sue me. And when you sue me, Imogen will be my lawyer. And I'm not on the side of people leaving um, carcasses on people's mode of transport. exactly. Especially when it's a roofless car. (laughs) It's unacceptable. In the next episode, which you didn't see, Beck, there's a great moment of Imogen just showing off where B was like, I can't believe you're going to press charges against Sheila for the pig. And Imi's like, it's not pressing charges, it's just a formal complaint. (laughs) I'm a lawyer, by the way. In case you'd forgotten. <laughs> a few years ago, I went to France. Can I please have a cafe au lait? <laughs> and this is also this throwaway line where Carl says, oh, I had a pig once called Lenny. <laughs> oh, that on the bike. And she's like, okay, I've got to go to work now. <laughs> like, was it a live pig? Because this, this was dead and frightening. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very strange moment. Him and his fucking lycra. <laughs> now. There's all this bizzo with the victim impact statements that just <clears throat> everyone's a buzz. Got to drop off my victim impact statement. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll never hear them, but that's fine. Yeah. Ellie Brennan, Mrs. Mark Brennan, Susan's niece, Jodie Anasta. She, in the previous episode, had a hot mess job interview. The most hot mess job interview I've ever seen in my life. It was held in Harold's Cafe. Mm-hmm. The interview was for a high school, Eden Hills Grammar, for an English teacher. The principal, who is credited as Clarence Pang, mm. played by a red-headed white man. <laughs> well done, casting. <laughs> you didn't really lift a finger there, did you? <laughs> it says Clarence Pang, but we only know these 12 white men. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well. He's a redhead. That's different <laughs> enough. Clarence says that they've had some trouble with cheating at Eden Hills. Oh, Okay. And Ellie melts down. <laughs> She's triggered. That was in the previously on and I did not understand what was going on. Now I do. It's a word association. She's like been hypnotized. So when she hears the word cheating, she has a meltdown. She's like, sometimes people have valid reasons. <laughs> They're very emotional. They've gone through a lot of stuff. I'm going to cry now. And The students aren't cheating in relationships. They might be. They but might be. It's not what he was talking no. about. <laughs> Even if she could have hit it better. She could have just said, I mean, I'm sure the student may be going through some issues. Yeah. We take time to hear their side of the story, but we adhere to the school's policy. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. Instead, she had a meltdown. She ran to the bathroom and she did that great run. You know when you're emotional and you're crying and you just want to get out of the room, but (laughs) the bathroom was far away, so she had to fully, like, run around some chairs. (laughs) But I still want to show them that I'm upset, so she had to do that full cry run, which I'm no stranger to. Um, I've never run before. (laughs) (laughs) It's not great when you're also sad. 
Now, she's, my God, the adventures she's had lately, Beck. It really, as someone who didn't, who went into this blind, it took a while for me to piece together what was going on. What could you put together? Well, I now, like, she had a one, she, okay, she pretended to be pregnant. Do you know, can you go further back than that? There's some shit that went down before that happened. Mm, No, I don't think I can. So she had a beautiful wedding a couple of, maybe about a month or so ago now. Uh And, uh... Mark Detmeck didn't think he was going to make it back. He was very sad that his friend Sonia had died. Uh-huh. So he took off to the outback for a little getaway. Uh-huh. She didn't know if he was going to be back. She got on the wines and slept with his sister. What? His sister? And now she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I didn't know that. So then she also had a one night stand with, I thought the one night stand was with someone he's related to. No, you'd mm. think that because a lot of the men look, look the, the same. same. Uh, Chelly, hashtag Chelly, do yourself a favour, mm-hmm. dip into the Chelly, hashtag Chloe and Ellie, extreme shipping is going on, Mark's sister Chloe and Ellie, Chloe played by the beautiful April Pangilly. Okay, I know about her because she plays a queer person on TV, yes. so I'm obviously across <laughs> that. I didn't realise that she slept with, right, so she, it was her wedding? Ellie's wedding, yeah, and the night before. Got drunk, slept with her, and then in between that and now also slept with a man mm-hmm. on one night stand. Yeah. But pretended to be pregnant. Just before she slept with the man, she actually thought she was pregnant. She took a test. Okay. It came up false positive. Mm-hmm. And she said, congratulations, husband. They and went through with the wedding. We yeah. are having a baby. And that's his end goal. That's Mark's. And he was really happy, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So then she realized she wasn't. She decided not to tell him. Yeah, she got together with her old mate, Leo. Yeah. Like these two dunderheads got together and were like, <laughs> we have a solution. Just pretend. Which can only get you so far when you're pretending to be pregnant. <laughs> but also, it's not even like she, at that point, just telling someone, oh, it was a false positive. Like, that's not a bad thing, surely? He would have been, like, disappointed, but not, she didn't do anything wrong. Not at all, but, like, he turned up wearing the wedding ring and then she got emotional that she thought he wanted to give the marriage a real chance. So she got flustered and didn't Why tell Why did they get married? Why does anyone get married, really? <laughs> okay, so then she sleeps with another man. Yeah, she goes to the back lane bar. Back lane bar, all right. Ties one on. That's a gay bar if I've ever heard one. <laughs> How does she find a man there? And they had a like a one-off special night there called Fry Gay. Uh huh. That was it. Okay. They had <laughs> one they, night. They tried being a gay bar for one night. So then she truly is pregnant now. Yes, but a, to the and man. who did she sleep with? I don't know. You don't know. Guess who she slept with? Beck. Is it the? It's one of the boring-looking men. Yeah, it's the dry toast vanilla oh, milkshake okay, brother, yeah. Sean Millsy, and. She didn't doesn't remember his name. She just remembers they got on the vodka sunrises and she slept with him. And then four days later, yes, this pregnant. all happened so quickly. <laughs> I thought this was going over months, but it was one month. Like if anyone's trying to conceive out there, like I'm sure you'll understand that it's so easy. Yeah, like what are you whinging about? <laughs> just give it a day. Yeah. Okay. So then I was. Yeah, it took me a while to piece all this together, but now she is pregnant, yeah. but not gonna tell. So, yeah, she had a phobie. Now she's got a real baby. Mm. And how's she going to tell her husband that she's now cheated on him twice within the first four weeks? (laughs) Of them married. I just don't think they're going to make it. But (laughs) the the best thing is when she goes to get some guidance from, uh, I don't know her name, the tarot card. Oh, Dippy. Dippy. The exotic mystic. Because she's brown. Yeah, exactly. They're like... (laughs) She's Indian. She's into all this ooga da stuff. Tarot is a Western construction, mm-hmm. so I don't know what they're playing at. So she decides to go and get her tarot cards read, but this woman seems to like, I don't do this anymore because she's too powerful or something. Yeah, because she <laughs> predicted Sonia's death. Oh. But like by literally plucking the death card. Which doesn't which... – it's not a one-to-one – it's not a, such a literal thing from what I can understand. <laughs> It's not like if you get the Queen of Cups, you're like, oh, I'm going to be ruling a Tupperware (laughs) business. I'm going to be a golf champion. (laughs) Beck, what did I bring today? What's your microphone resting on? It's resting on the definitive guide to the cards and spreads. But what's the title? The Tarot Bible. 
by Sarah Bartlett. I'm sure she's... Sarah, if you're listening, (laughs) congrats. Congrats on finally unearthing the mysteries. The thing is with tarot, because I used to work in a fairy shop. Of course. Which sold like crystals and Mm. this sort of stuff. And as a perk of the job, one of the perks was getting paid in cash. Second Mm. perk was I could get free tarot readings whenever I wanted. And as a 19-year-old girl in the the early 2000s, I was like, give me that, the craft shit. Like, give me that magic. Well, I don't know if you know, but... Tarot and astrology and all that is super huge. Well, you, it's super huge everywhere, but especially in the queer community. Really? Yeah. Really? It's like a massive – I mean, there's a lot of theories, but my theory is to why it's so big with millennials is because their lives are being destroyed by capitalism and they have no control. Aww. So it's like a form of something is bigger than this. But yeah, especially I've even got the CoStar app, which is like a – Quit like an astrology thing that you connect. I don't know. Someone made me get it that I was sleeping with, and um, <laughs> no, my friend. And so it's an app where you connect via star sign. Is that- it's an app that you put in your your date of birth and all that, and it gives you updates. But you can also connect with other people's to see theirs and like their what their deal is and stuff. And so I get what you said about millennials, but how come it, it resonates with the queer community? Do you think? Well, I think it's just a similar sort of thing the death card analysis in this book says keywords change new beginnings endings or transformation Mm. but she just went sonia's dying (laughs) she's transforming into a dead woman yeah well she said oh someone that we know is gonna die which is the thing about tarot it is i found it quite comforting Mm. like as a young girl about to embark on Mm. careers and life and what in relationships and whatever i was always trying to cling to some kind of meaning but it's i found it like mindfulness Mm. it would give you certain guidances and you could apply them and yeah that's the thing you can read into it what you want and do the things that you want to do based on it yeah so when death appears in a spread it simply implies that something has reached the end of a cycle it could be a love affair a job a belief system that now needs to undergo some kind of transformation Mm. and you can imbue that with how whatever interpretation you want like Mm. so the person reading the spread could go right well something's coming to an end and you have to decide what your next phase is could be like Toady, your client is about to wrap up their mm. case. You need, you're going to decide if you're going to represent criminals or not. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. So, DP does this spread. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this to the Neighbours Council on Facebook and I'm going to do this spread in a live stream, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull out the Ten of Cups, the Empress and the <laughs> Tower and do my own reading. Uh. Because Dippy's reading is... Ten of Cups, great, prosperity, fertility, mm-hmm. whatever. Then the Empress, well, great, you're an Empress. You're <laughs> r- ruling life. The Tower, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> you're the- fucked. <laughs> Dippy? Dippy, what does the Tower mean? You know, I just don't think we mix these up enough. Come on, Dippy, please. No, let's let's try it again. Dippy. It's fine. Well, I just thought the whole scene was so funny because she – was like, oh, this one card is terrible, but don't worry. The other cards could change everything. And then she had such a bad poker face that the look on her face was like, your life is over. <laughs> and um, who's the woman? Braithen Astor's wife. Jody Ellie, Ellie. Ellie. Ellie was like, what's wrong? What's going to happen? She's like, oh, no, don't worry. I've just made you see. <laughs> I've just done this face that makes it seem like your life is over. But don't worry. Uh, Beck. Can I show you? This is a picture of the tower card. Can you describe it? Um, That's a tower that's on fire and people are (laughs) falling out of it. (laughs) So it does seem bad. bad. However, it means the breakdown of the old to herald the new. Which could just mean a baby. Yeah. But the whole thing that comes away from it is that she's like, something's not wrong with the baby, but the baby's going to cause problems. Yeah. And that's a very specific reading. It, it could be that yeah, in 20 years she's going to have another Millsy-esque yeah. person. Unexpected challenges. Maybe it means postpartum depression. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to, your life is over. Well. The tower represents the structure you have built securely around yourself. Which is a light and their relationship is not secure no. at all. She's built a... Burning tower. <laughs> it is a burning tower yeah. already. She's built their structure out of cardboard. Yeah. And it needs some reinforcement. Yeah. So I will take that to Facebook after this episode drops and we can do a group reading. Oh, should I read, Beck? You've picked the fool. Should I read what the fool represents? Yes. Will you tell me just to 
choose something that I felt I related to, yeah. which is which is being another th- a fool. <laughs> another thing about tarot is you can there are multiple spreads you can do. You can sometimes just pick a card and go what what do I feel based on this card. It's it's very fluid. Okay, he's a fool. I am partial to the fool as well. The Eternal Optimist. Oh, God, that's... See, that's incorrect. Incorrect. Wrong. <laughs> Ready to leap into anything. <laughs> yep, nope. I'm stuck in a hotel room. Spontaneous <laughs> and <laughs> spontaneous and carefree. Uh-huh, that's me. Going on a personal quest. Uh-huh. <laughs> Impulsively setting off into the unknown. Uh-huh. A childlike enthusiasm for life. Oh, yeah. Everyone, when they think of me, is enthusiasm. <laughs> Oh, this is good though. It can mean that you don't listen to anyone's advice and that you're being careless with promises and feelings. And cool. you don't listen when people compliment you. <laughs> That's true. That's like, not advice. You are hilarious and intelligent no, and gorgeous. See, yeah. I, I would leave, but my door doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I've got judgment. I've resonated with judgment today. And this, so this is the thing. Dippy, obviously, it's better if you don't have the book. Like, Dippy's probably learnt all of this mm. off by heart. Yeah, she seemed to – they seem to apply she has some sort of history with doing tarot. I sort of got a vibe there was, like, special powers. They've, she's, they've turned her into a witch <laughs> because she has dark skin. Yeah. Dropping old values, embracing new ones. This is judgment. Accepting things the way they are. Nope. <laughs> there is no one to blame, not even yourself. No, you constantly blame yourself <laughs> for everything. Judgment implies you can liberate yourself from old attitudes, whether towards a lover, your family, or patterns of behaviour which haven't been right for you. It is fine to shrug your shoulders and think, what's the point? But this is your chance to start afresh, let go of the past, and stop feeling guilty for your actions. Oh, it's relevant to me. Is. Anyway, she's blowing a horn, this lady, to some naked people. <laughs> There could be some fun parties ahead. (laughs) Anyway, Dippy's extremely guilty for this reading that she gives Ellie and the next day gives her a free cup of ginger tea at the Harold's Cafe. (laughs) That's not how it works. You asked for a reading. She gave you the reading. That's what that's what you asked for. Yeah, you, you can, buy her a ginger tea. Yeah, you go away going, all right, so that was a shit reading. I won't yeah. go see her again. It's the don't shoot the messenger. Well, just Google it. There's websites that give you the same information. <laughs> Get CoStar up. <laughs> she could find a new. Find out your time of birth. Put it in there. She could find a new suitor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she could put another faux baby in there. She does not need any help, obviously. So what? I, I just want a quick. What happened with the um the woman? Is she still around? The one she slept with? Beautiful Chloe, yes. She's had a little rough time. Yeah, she's right. now living with her other brother, right. Aaron and David, and Kyle's now moved in. Uh-huh. And straight away, Kyle moves in and he's a strapping young lad and she's making eyes at him and her brother's like, oh, don't sleep with our housemate, you <laughs> tawdry bisexual. <laughs> you turn on a dime. I only I know April from, because I'm friends with some comedians that she's friends with, and she, they have a podcast about Austin Powers and she keeps sneaking in little terms from Austin Powers into the dialogue. Like what? Like um, – Into the neighbour's dialogue. Into the neighbour's dialogue, yeah. Like uh, shagadelic. Like, yeah, but not as clear as that, but yeah. And then she – like I've seen them on Instagram, like people have recorded them. It's really she, funny. She does – she's a demon for an Insta story, but I can't oh, yeah. watch her because she's too beautiful. <laughs> it's like staring directly into the sun. <laughs> This, I want to ask you about Chelly, Chloe and Ellie, because they went freaking viral, this mm. female-female pairing, like nothing I've seen before in the Neighbours community. Right. And I kind of think it's because they're both hot. Like, yeah. And, like, Jodie Gordon was a model in her previous life. April was too. Like, Steph and the Fertility Council of Victoria didn't get this kind of <laughs> – they didn't get gifts made of them. Should we just accept that hot lesbians <laughs> are what draws in the numbers? Well, I like I. It's not good, and ideally, it would be different. But also, even in like queer representation at all, like you don't get very much variety. Like even the L word, if you think about all them, they're all femme, like beautiful women. That's why. Like, that's why I, <laughs> there was a good gateway for Vaya Pashos. Yeah, exactly. But there's no like within the actual queer community. There's a lot of like body diversity and gender like you know androgynous and all that and it's just always going to be that the because it's for that is for the straight people can i tell you about my entry into the l word yes so when i was going through a um an, a sexual identity awakening <laughs> slash crisis i didn't know where to turn and in your podcast beck actually you mm. talked about you guys talked about when you first got the internet and uh-huh. how you were trying to hide it from your parents, yeah. what you would look up and you had to like sneak downstairs to look up the word lesbian and stuff. <laughs> and 
I was in an era of much internet, mm-hmm. but I didn't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. So I went on eBay mm-hmm. and bought a copy of the first season of the, <laughs> <laughs> the L Word <laughs> DVD. Mm-hmm. And it was actually perfect because my one of the main characters, Jenny, is this young, seemingly straight girl yeah. who's a writer, mm-hmm. which is how I identified. She's way more annoying than you, though. Well, I used to... I used to identify myself as Jenny and I would text the woman I was into mm. and say, oh, my God, I've just discovered that. Oh, wait, I'm Jenny. <laughs> she was like, you're better than Jenny. Exactly. Like, Jenny sucks. But to me, I'm like, oh, she thinks I'm better than Jenny. It used to come on the TV and a couple of times my friends, we'd all drink at their house and then they would go out and I would stay at their house and watch the L word <laughs> instead of going out. It was the other extreme, like in culture, what we ideally want is everybody represented, mm. everyone mm-hmm. at all times. And the L word is like, we have 12 gay women. Yeah, that's it. All at once. Yeah. No, nothing too diverse. One's mm-hmm. a bit sporty. Mm-hmm. She'll die soon. <laughs> One's got short hair. Yeah. They're in a long-term couple. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't have it anywhere else on your screen, no. but it's all here. It's as if, like, Friends was the only show with heterosexuals. <laughs> like, if you imagine that, like, if <laughs> <laughs> then that's all the diversity you get is the Friends cast and then everyone else is gay you get in the world. two half-Jewish characters and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's hard to – I'm, like, hooray for representation, but also – a straight woman cheating on her husband with a queer woman and they're both, I don't know if that's the best. I don't know. I have a soft spot for Neighbours because of the first lesbian kiss. And I talked I talked to Stephanie McIntosh about you in oh. va- veiled terms. <laughs> I just said it meant a lot for you and Sky and Lana kissed. Yeah. And she was really moved mm. and <laughs> appreciative. <laughs> well, I'm appreciative. But it does seem like the show is doing a lot better with that sort oh, of stuff. 100%. And did you see their beautiful performance at Mardi Gras? I didn't, but I saw one of them got a hideous <laughs> eye injury from <laughs> it. That was the week before, yeah. Um. <laughs> but, oh, the float, the neighbours float at Mardi Gras looked like uh, one of right. the most beautiful situations because they got the entire cast right. up there mm-hmm. in gold spangles Love on it. the truck. Yeah. And then they had all the casting, all the crew members and production mm. members in rainbow t-shirts doing so a good. dance in front of them. And I will be interested to see how the um, trans character is handled. Hopefully, yeah. like, I don't feel that nervous about it. I feel like there's, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be great, especially it seems like Georgie Stone, who's playing her, will be hopefully consulted yeah. during the process. You would hope so. And, yeah, I'm And hopefully I'm it's not, maybe it's not even, a, will be a thing. Yeah, and so I point these things out. Just to keep the dialogue going. It's yeah. like we're not yet there yet. We're making strides, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the two femme people making out to get people excited. No. Was there anything else from that episode, Beck, that jumped out at you? Oh, look, between the pig's head and the tarot readings <laughs> and the fake baby and then the real baby. <laughs> Sometimes I go through these episodes going, how am I going to pick one to – as in nothing thrills me enough to pick, to deep dive into, and then we get to Wednesday and I'm like, bingo. <laughs> I did think it was amazing that her f- her friend, Ellie's friend, the man. Oh, Leo. Leo. He was so, like, non-judgmental. I really appreciated that. He's like, I'm assuming I saw in the upcoming that he gets more judgmental. But for the time being, he was like, yeah, people make mistakes and you all need a friend. And she washed up on the beach after she slept what? with <laughs> Dry Toast Man. She was hungover and went to the beach and sat on a rock, like on a rock, like the Little Mermaid. <laughs> And called Leo to come get her. She's like, I just slept with a stranger. And oh, he's that's like, cute. All right, let's... Is he gay, Leo? No. Okay, that's he... good. I like that. Yeah, he doesn't make great relationship choices. No, but I like this, like a straight man being a good friend, yeah. which can be real. And he's not shut off that she's not into him. Yeah, that's yeah, That's not yeah. part of it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they do have a cute friendship and they're mm. so basic and they were from the Sydney club scene together. Uh, and... right. It's very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> So the whole big thing of the week is what's Millsy's plea going to be? And I don't understand it. I don't get it. So I'm Because gonna... he wants to plead guilty, but no one else, his brother and all that, is mad that he's going to plead guilty. Is that right? Is it, yeah, is even though Imogen, Imogen says he should. Imogen wants him to plead yeah. guilty. 
she thinks that'll get sympathy or something. I don't, I'm confused. I'm confused too. I've watched a lot of Law and Order and it hasn't helped me. <laughs> what? The amnesia Law and Order storyline. <laughs> Here's where we are. What we do at this point is we award Shooters or Citizen of the Week oh, right. based on actions. You can pick either one. Well, putting a pig's head on someone's car. For funsies. For fun. And then pretend – and then acting like it's no big deal. That was really annoying. So you're giving? Citizen of the Week to – I've forgotten her name. <laughs> Sheila. Sheila, of course. How could I forget? She's performing currently at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Man up and take the pain. Take a pig's head and place it <laughs> – throw it on the stage. Yeah, don't take flowers. No, take pig, little pig's heads. Or just like some bacon rashes. <laughs> just chuck them out. And there was some weird mental health shaming around when they were suspecting who it was. They're going, oh, it's some crackpot, it's some nutter, oh, yeah. it's some wacko. But also it's so unrealistic. Like most of the people who cause harm to other people are like someone they know that's like a normal person. In this case, it was Sheila. <laughs> you really, you know, he's a little unhinged at the best of times. <laughs> so they were right. Yeah. I'm going to give Ellie... Is shitizen, but in a kind of celebratory way, because I'm kind of living for hot mess Ellie. She makes me feel better about my life decisions. So she's a shitizen, but the good kind of shitizen. She's not a citizen. No. She's like a shitizen after you've been constipated. She's well. She's a welcome shitizen. She's her whole thing was really fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with it, and it's yeah. I love it also because it's. Based in relationship drama. Yeah. It's cheating. It's... It's not like someone's putting cyanide through the school vents. <laughs> now he can't remember. Now he can't remember. So but I also it. I like it because that cop is so boring. <laughs> I went through this last time. I had to watch all his... I'm like, oh, my God. He got a lot better because he got really emotional when Sonia died and he was doing some of the performances of his career. Right. Okay. And he actually still hasn't grieved properly over that and he's really affected well, he and needs to get a divorce from this woman yeah. and figure out his own shit and just get a baby a different way yeah it's 2019 yeah so beck yes thank you pleasure for doing this and for surviving an hour in this motel room <laughs> <laughs> who knows it might be my last hour uh bring a plate people should listen to it mm-hmm. go and tell beck that you enjoyed it and that i sent you so this was worth it. Um, <laughs> please, if you can, become one of our patrons, if that's up your alley, at patreon.com slash neighbourspod and Night Terrace, nightterrace.com for all the info and keep an eye out on my feed and I'll tell you when on the Terrace episodes drop. One's coming up really soon, the first one. Keep an eye out on Facebook, the Neighbours Council. Join up and I'll do a tarot reading as the ethnic mystic. <laughs> You do have a bit of a gypsy, you could have a gypsy vibe. Uh, I played a Greek grandma character once who would do coffee cup readings. Ah, like, yes, yeah. How do you do a coffee cup? <laughs> Beck is Brockle Snitch on Twitter. Mm. Can people still get your book? I don't know, probably. No to Feminism. It's around the place somewhere. Uh, which is another famous Twitter account you run, mm. which is a great time. Brockle Snitch on Instagram as well. Do I need to promote anything else? I don't know. Watch the weekly, I guess. I don't know. Hard quiz. You do hard quiz as well. We, we work together on hard quiz. Yes. Hopefully we'll It'll get be to. will coming back. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. If we play our cards right. If we play <laughs> our tarot cards. cards right. See if there's a Tom okay. Gleason card in there. Okay. King of Swords. <laughs> yeah. It's it. It's yeah. done. Uh, I've had a big brain. I've had a brain snap. All right. Well, we're. I've trapped you in this hotel room <laughs> and you've lost all train of yeah. thought. Well, we've got to go now because I've got an appointment with my butcher. <laughs> And I have to literally change hotel rooms. <laughs> I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter and we are Neighbours Pod. Twitter, Facebook and NeighboursPod.com for our back catalogues. Share this app if you enjoyed it. We'll have a chat to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Have you seen the little biggies crawling in the dirt? And for all the little biggies, life is getting worse. Always having dirt to play around in. Have you seen the bigger piggies in the starched white shed? <laughs>